Welcome to Simply Syndicated's Discovery After Show, your place for a detailed analysis of each episode of Star Trek Discovery. Hey everybody and welcome to this Simply Syndicated's Discovery After Show bonus episode. The show is still in hiatus, so season two is filming right now, but we don't really have any word as to when it's going to come out. Last I heard, it was going to be January of 2019. So we'll see about that uh, later on. But over this uh, past weekend, I was at Magic City Con here in Birmingham, Alabama. And one of the panels that I was on was a discussion of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, what we like about the show, what we haven't liked about the show, uh, some of the stuff about the subscription service and, and all that. So um, I was on this panel with Mark Adam Miller, which if you listen to my other podcast, The Prime Direction, you've heard him as a guest on that show before. Uh, he he lives and works here in the Birmingham area. I've had interactions with him at some cons in the past, and uh, I invited him to sit down with me at Magic City Con to talk about Star Trek Discovery. I thought I would take the audio from that panel, and I would release it as a bonus episode for the podcast. Uh, but we're still out there. We're still here. Uh, you can come over to CosmicPotato.com and you can hear some of the other stuff that we do in the meantime. But whenever Star Trek Discovery comes back for Season 2, we will be back making new episodes of the podcast. So we look forward to talking to you then. Until then, join us at CosmicPotato.com for all of our other shows and everything that's available here on simplysyndicated.com. And now, here is my panel from Magic City Con. Okay, uh, we'll do it that way. Okay, good? Yes. All right. Hello, uh, you are in the Star Trek Discovery panel. Uh, that means uh, we're looking for regular Trekkies and people who want to go become Trekkies. I am Mark Adam Miller. Trekker, we prefer Trekker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will not go into that politic ah, question. Trekkie, Treknut. Uh, um, I, um, I normally say I'm the president, but I actually am the captain of the local Star Trek uh, uh, club. It's called the USS Festus because we couldn't use Vulcan. Hello. And, um, You're late. Yeah, we're good. Um, and uh, we meet uh, thir- the second Saturday of every month for a social, and then we have uh, two panel discussions that happen at Kingdom Comics on the second and fourth Thursday of the month. So please come to that. If you want information about that, I have cards here. Um, I'll let you introduce I'm Sean Ray. I'm the host of uh, Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast, also the Prime Direction, and the Simply Syndicated Discovery After Show. So every, uh, when Discovery is on the air, every week we do an episode, after the episode airs, we do an episode about that that episode, and uh, have a lot of fun doing that. So uh, uh, To get things started, uh, I always like to see, see what feel of the room, so who is our classic Trekkers here? Okay, we got two classics. Uh, how about the next Jenners? Okay, uh, do we have any DS- DS9ers? Okay, uh, Voyagers. Okay, Enterprisers. Okay, and how good are we with Discovery? Oh, okay. <laughs> Everybody's seen Discovery, right? Okay. Okay, okay. So, 
best thing, uh, uh, I think we need to look at uh, what are we wanting from Star Trek. Um, Star Trek is over 50 years old. Uh, actually, it'll be 52 this year. Right. Um, so, uh, and actually, the Star Trek concept actually is as old as I am because it was done in 1964. So it's uh, that complete, that old. Um, what we're getting, I believe, is uh, Paramount trying to, yes, make money from a product that has brought them money in the past. But they also have to realize, okay, what do people want nowadays? Uh, what are we looking at? Um, and I think that's what we're getting in Discovery. And we, uh, I really am thinking we maybe are being too harsh on it. Uh, maybe because who, who's not pleased that we're having to pay to see, see watch Star Trek? Anyone? Everybody's okay with it. Everyone's okay with it. <laughs> you know, I'm like, uh, you know, it's which I think is one of the things people are uh, with, with what I'm a club. Uh, the Ephesus is a member of Starfleet International, which is across the state. We are um, something like four thousand members, and probably a third of those members they don't want to pay the amount. Um, and I think that's one thing we're going to have to start looking at because I think that's where television is going. Uh, back in the day, you know. Yeah, we've been we've been begging for a la carte TV forever. Let me just pay for the channels that I want, and now we're kind of starting to get into that. And now everybody's complaining that they don't want to. Oh, well, I don't want to pay six, seven dollars a month or whatever. Yeah, ten dollars a month if you don't want to watch the commercials. One thing that I think CBS is. is 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 failing at is keeping something on there to keep the customer because once discovery is over there wasn't anything else on the channel that i really cared about watching so then they, they they need to create even more uh well they're hoping content. their backlist is what's going you know because yeah. you can watch uh mash you can watch twilight zone i watched a couple twilight zone but you can get that on netflix mm -hmm. um they're hoping you watch the back backlist of star trek um i've picked up on a couple enterprise episodes i've missed uh, type of thing um, but that's the thing uh, because uh, I don't know does they still have signal TV don't they you can still get the local channels on your TV with a it's like heroes and villains TV or something like that yeah okay, so they show all five series every single night yeah Sunday night you get two episodes of the cartoon, but the animated series before it starts. Right. So there's Mike. Oh. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and um, so uh, you've got that, but and of course cable sort of promised us this and didn't. You know they were there. Of course, uh, sports drives a lot of what cable does because uh, you can get the sports yeah. packages and stuff like that. Um, I don't get into that because I'm not a sports person. You know. Say no guns. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, and but we're getting more of that, um, and I think, uh, and Netflix is what uh, spearheaded us getting Star Trek Discovery, because uh, Netflix uh, brought Paramount a nice honking check for all the Star Trek original series. 
uh, Next Generation, Original Series, uh, Voyager, DS9, and all of that. And Paramount says, hey, we got money here. Uh, how do we tap into this? Um, now, why they when they said Discovery came on, then Netflix would lose their ability to show Star Trek, but they haven't yet. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure what uh, maybe Netflix said. Uh, no, you can't do that to us. Um, they have a contract. They ha they had to work at least to the end of whatever contract they were under. Yeah. I guess. Well, but that's that's well. But then Discovery, I think they re extended the contract because Discovery, the contract was supposed to end uh, last year in September, okay. and or no. A year ago in September, before Discovery started, okay. and but they kept postponing the due date to start Tech Discovery, right, what they yeah. were doing. Um, so we've got that as a show. Um, yeah, we got problems. I, <laughs> I, I, I'll grant you that. Uh, we got uh, another change in the Klingons. Um, why I don't know. He's on third. Um, well, the, the 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 thing is, okay. So, does does anybody like the the new version of the Klingons, or anybody dislike the new version of the Klingons? The thing is, the Klingons have kind of changed a couple of times. And if you watch the Next Generation, even just looking at Worf, the way he looks changes gradually throughout the throughout the series. So, I wasn't. Like really excited that the Klingons were changing, but I was kind of meh on it because uh, I expect anytime the new version of Star Trek comes along, they're going to change some things. Even though this is a series that takes place in the past, it takes place before the original series. I was kind of surprised that they were doing that. But you get to a point with a with a series that's over fifty years old that you're going to have to tweak your canon a little bit. Or you're gonna really get into a spot where you're not able to tell tell stories. But you also got to think about when they we first created Klingons. Uh, when they made Klingons, it was a down and dirty version of Romulans, mm -hmm. and the reason was it's surprising how much back then pointed ears cost. They were <laughs> expensive. That's why we only have two Romulan episodes. I'm I'm getting old and I'm forgetting. Yeah, there's not many. Because uh, there's the uh, Bounce of Terror and there's the Enterprise incident. And maybe you're getting one, but I think that's the only two we have with Romulans in it. And because of that, they had to figure out a better way what could be done easier. Uh, adding hair, a Fu Manchu uh, mustache to somebody was a lot easier than putting <laughs> pointed ears on them. So that's why we got the Klingons. When they did, when the Klingons were supposedly, and I, and I, this is anecdotal. I have not been able to track down. It was supposedly that the Klingons were supposed to have a uh, spinal cord going across their forehead in the original series. It was a too expensive. Pointed ears were expensive. Think how much a spinal ridge down the forehead would cost. So that they did want to do that, they just couldn't do it, and that's why we got it in uh, the motion picture. And I think that's what they're trying. What. I think they want us to do is to figure out, even though we do have the one Enterprise episode, uh, I think what they want us to realize, think about, okay, this is what the Klingons really were supposed to look like back when Kirk fought them. This is what we're supposed to be really thinking. And they will evolve into what we know as Worf and, um, dang it, I have lost my Klingon, uh, Martok. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Or Martox and Klingon. And what's the Chancellor's name? I forgot. Galron. Galron. Yeah. So, um, so I think that's one thing we need to look at. Also, you can look around the room. Look how many. Uh, look how many. How much difference there are between us. Uh, we've got redheads. Uh, we've got someone who's very well thinking. Uh, we've got people that have hair that goes down to their backs. Um, you know, some of them are wearing glasses. Uh, some of us are a little more meatier than others. Um, you know, there's a difference, and I think, and especially, and I, the one that I really liked was the albino, even though we lose him. Uh, Bach. Yeah. Yeah, we lose or him Bach. right at the beginning of the uh, of the episode. Um, right off the bat, uh, but he was very good. Um, we're also getting a different aspect because technically we're not looking at it from a Starfleet angle because uh, Burnham is a um, prisoner of prisoner of. Um, she's just a prisoner. She's, yeah, a, prisoner. she's a mutineer. Uh, mutineer. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah mutiny in the pilot. Mutineer. Which was surprising, um, but. Okay, there may be spoilers in this. Uh, do we need to be careful on our spoilers, or if we spoil something, uh, just put your fingers in yeah. your ears and go la 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 la. la, la, la. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're not. We don't wish to spoil anything, but you know, I'm sorry. It's June. It's been out. <laughs> you've had Since six September months. September <laughs> of last year. Yeah. Yeah, you've had six months, folks. <laughs> um, I think they've done a real good. I. The spore drive concept um, is typical science fiction. Uh, to me, I was thinking the spice drive in um, Dune. Uh, who, who, yeah, any Frank yeah. Herbert friends in here? So, you know, that's uh, the spore drive is sort of like this. Uh, navigate. Oh, boy, my Dune is old. Yeah, this, the, the okay. spore drive is just, I mean. Even though it's bad science. Well, yeah. Because it's it's almost like a transporter because you can the ship can be anywhere uh, instantly, basically, which you know going in something's going to happen because this is a prequel series and they don't have that in Voyager. A Voyager wouldn't have happened. Yeah, that would have been fun. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great in Voyager. And it's like so. we're seventy thousand light years from Earth. I have to activate the spore drive. Series over. You know? <laughs> uh, the reason I say it's bad science fiction, uh, the spore drive is based on one scientific paper that was done very well uh the only problem is paramount did not give it to the fans beforehand so that we could check it out uh within um about a month of it coming up uh there was about uh several fans came up with papers that disproved the paper that they were basing this <laughs> strive on so imagine that this this proves some tech from a science fiction tv show <laughs> <It's> a, oops <laughs> and so uh Paramount had to, the Paramount writers had to eat a little bit of crow and said, "Well, we're sure that maybe we can come up with something that." <laughs> yeah. It didn't work in this instance, but it could work in another another instance. But which is a possibility. Um, you know, uh, how many science fiction books out there have we read where uh, they talked about something and uh, it never happened? Uh, you know, uh, it's like, are you flying? Are you, you have a flying car? Not yet. So, you know, we haven't got flying cars yeah. yet. So, And that's in all science fictions. But, yeah. And we're supposed to have them by the 21st century uh, type of thing. So it uh, it's that type of thing. Um, well, what, what did some of you guys think of? Uh, what did you think of Discovery? 
Just oh, just like overall. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Anybody? I only saw the pilot. Okay, because that was the free one, yeah. <laughs> the the thing is, the pilot was almost like a prologue because even those first two episodes had a different feel. Well, the first episode came on CBS, and then the one right after that immediately aired on CBS All Access. They were kind of a two-parter, but they had a different feel from the rest of the series because when episode three came out, it was six months later, you know, and Michael had committed her mutiny. She was a prisoner at that point, and. Um, and the rest of the series after that had almost a different feel from for one thing it was on a different ship it was on the discovery the first two episodes were on the i always pronounce it wrong i know it's the shinzo i want to call it the shinzu you know <laughs> but uh how could i i couldn't understand the captain the shinzu she she mumbled through her yeah <laughs> then you, yeah you do you change a lot of the characters after that after those first two episodes too because you had uh, captain Giorgio was the uh, captain of the shinzo yeah and then Lorca is the captain of the discovery and then you get a lot of stuff uh fans immediately started with uh theories and stuff after episode three because you started seeing all these uh these black com badges and stuff and and uh, oh it's section 31 you know that kind of stuff and it's like section 31 probably wouldn't be wearing a badge that would identify themselves as section 31 you know but uh but the the characters in the show i connected with them because i thought that the characters got fleshed out a lot more in these 15 episodes then some of the characters on the other series really got in their entire run of run of episodes um, some of them I, I still think um, I still like a little more information on uh, Taru Saru Saru yeah excuse me Saru uh, Saru is the um, Galatian Kelpian Kel Kelpian yeah, yeah. the Kelpian who is got these little things that have come up when he thinks His threat ganglia think threat ganglia threat <laughs> And that it's an interesting character. They're also known as his dose ex machina. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I it, it's, it seems like an interesting character, um, and they use him somewhat. There's he has his one he has his one episode where uh, it uh, shows a little bit about him, but um, it's really interesting. Uh, I, I think there was. I hope we were going to get a little more. Because he ends up being the captain when they get rid of Lorca. Uh, oops, spoiler. <laughs> yeah, he was acting captain for a while. Acting captain. Yeah. Um, uh, Michael Burnham. Um, it's interesting. Again, another sibling of Spock that we didn't know about. <laughs> um, but then again, um, Spock is type-lipped, and I, I think we're being a uh, little. Um, uh, personal because Spock is really he, he's he separates himself from his family life from his his duty to station and so therefore I think that's the reason why we didn't know he had an older brother and we now don't we didn't know that he had an adopted sister um, and I get and, the feeling that they weren't really very close because yeah. she's older than Spock is that right she's older than Spock yeah um, and she, I, so she went away to Starfleet while he was still growing up yeah, so, he's probably, yeah. Uh, I think he's supposed to be, let's see, this is 10 years before Kirk's voyage. 
So uh, we're in the first five years of Pike's, so he's not even on the Enterprise. He, he will not get into the Enterprise until Pike's second five-year mission, I believe. No, no, no. They, uh, they, I mean, I'm, I'm not meaning to correct you, but they released a novel when the when the series came out. It was, uh, what's the name of that? It was Desperate Hours, I think was the name of it. And it was supposed to be canon, and in the, in the novel it, was, it takes place before the before the series so it's when burnham was still on the shinzo and it says on the first page that that novel takes place one year before the vulcan hello which was the name of the pilot mm -hmm. but it takes place two years after the events of the cage so spock is the, the is the science officer on the enterprise at that point okay because they because they've always said this program is supposed to be taking 10 years before the yes yeah, 10 years before kirk takes over the enterprise yeah. But Pike is is yeah. captain of the Enterprise, and Spock is is, is okay. there. So and number um, one is his uh, is yeah. his first officer. First officer. Yeah. Um, so okay, so Spock, Spock's on the thing. That means uh, now, it, which is one of the things that that's been going on uh, uh, theories for season two is is Spock going to be on the show? Is he going to be played by a different person? Is he gonna are they going to Grand Moff Tarkin him and turn him into a CGI <laughs> character or whatever? Well, I don't so, think they can afford a CGI uh, character yeah. on that. Um, I hope they, they don't. Yeah. Um, Uncanny I think, Valley. I think we. I think there's enough characters out there that we could find someone that uh, Zachary uh, Zachary Quinto. Zachary, Quinto. Thank you, Zachary Quinto uh, did an excellent job. Um, so I, I'm sure there was other people that we can get that will look just as well. Um, I'm sure they can't get Zachary because I'm sure he's expensive. And second of all, he is in the other section of. Uh, there are two sections of Star Trek. There's the television shows and there's the movies. Uh, television shows owned by CBS. Uh, the movies are owned by Viacom. He'd be too. He'd be too old for what they're wanting. That's true too. Um, he's not. Yeah, we're <laughs> getting into the age situation. Yeah. Uh, with the discovery, uh, we are getting. Um, I think. Um, Another look at the Mirror Universe, which is a favorite of fans. They were in the Mirror Universe for four episodes, which is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, 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 they did a very good job. Uh, the only thing, the only thing I was a little disappointed about doing the Mirror 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 Universe is that um, in Enterprise, uh, in their Mirror, Hoshi is becomes the Empress. And there doesn't seem to. But that was a hundred years before. Well, that's a hundred years before. But yeah. there's no. Is uh, Georgia like a descendant of Hoshi? She could be. Yeah, that's what. I mean, and could. I think that they could have done if they're if they're going to try to do canon. I think they could have really done something to show that uh, there's a Hoshi. Um, uh, footstep or a fo uh, footprint. Footprint. Yeah. Thank you. That's what footprint. Um, on that, um, the weapons are very good uh, representations of probably what uh, they really wanted the phasers to look like in the original series. Um, they're very close to um, uh, the original series phasers, but having they're a little more technical, to my in my opinion. Um, I, I I can't I, I'm not sure. Uh, why they went with the uniforms this way? Um, maybe we'll get to see the blue and yellow and gold when we, uh, because at the end of Discovery we do see the Enterprise. 
uh, a little bit revamped, a little bit. Um, well, I thought that the universe, the uniforms were a kind of a natural progression from what we had on Enterprise, because even the uniforms that they were wearing still had uh, they had these lines of different colors depending on mm -hmm. uh, what part of the ship you worked on, what your rank was. So you had gold and you had blue and all that, but. Um, but you know, on Enterprise, they wore NASA-style jumpsuits, and, and everybody was wearing basically the same thing. So I thought that this was kind of a natural progression to lead into to lead into what they would be wearing. I, I think that in season two, you're going to see different ships wearing different uniforms because obviously, if you've ever seen the Cage, which uh, I know you guys know this, but the Cage was the original pilot that they filmed uh, of the original series, and they were wearing. A more classic style uniform, isn't it? it had a, 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 some differences and everything. So, are they going to be wearing those uniforms? And then the Discovery's crew is going to be wearing something different. Yeah. You know, I guess. I mean, we'll see. I always assume it's probably not canon, but I always assume that your class A and your class B uniforms were standard uniforms. Yeah. Because you have to Let's not do that. Like a, regular daily duty Which is a possibility because that's brought that was brought out in um, the uh, Star Trek 2009 because they all had the gray uniforms. But then when they went on the ship, they took that off, had the black shirt, t-shirt, and then they pulled the uh, tunics over. Uh, and of course, then in darkness, we got to see what they wore under the tunics. <laughs> Oh, that's scene. <laughs> but um, uh, I should say the fe what the females wore under their tunics. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but um, so that's that's a possibility. Uh, one thing that some people miss, uh, if you really watch the uh, original series, uh, you will notice that their badges on their uniforms were all different. Uh, there were several different ones. Um, that's why, if you look on mine, mine's got an anvil on it because I'm the the Hephaestus. Um, so that and I'm, I'm using that uh, part of the thing to. Uh, also, there's certain things we can't use because of copyright, so we have to uh, do some certain things. And uh, that's part of also uh, what some of the things they have to work around. Certain things uh, CBS owns because they're part of the television series. Certain things that's from the movies they can't really use because Viacom owns those things, and I think that's sometimes we, I, I, I don't understand. It, it's interesting. Uh, CBS and Viacom are two different companies, but they're owned by um, Paramount. Well, well, now Paramount's Paramount's another. Um, I just did an article. That's part of what what made this season made this uh, this uh, series come to fruition was because Viacom was making so much money off of the Kelvin Universe movies that were coming out that finally you know CBS was like we need to be getting some of this money you know we own Star Trek too you know so yeah let's get it let's get a series out there yeah so. and that's why they're putting the series yeah. out and they uh, 
I think the Orville uh, showed that they were wrong, but they didn't think that they could make enough money in public television, so they decided to do it this way, and they wanted to build their um, uh, all-access on this show, even though it ended up having to be built on the uh, spinoff to well, The Good Wife. Well, they kind of use Star Trek to launch things a lot, because if you think about it, The Next Generation was the first series to ever be first-run syndication. I mean, I mean, shows have been in syndication before, but they weren't usually made for syndication. So to try that out, hey, let's use Star Trek. People like Star Trek, so they did that. And then when the UPN network launched, their very first show was Star Trek Voyager because they knew Star Trek had an audience that would automatically be built into their new network. And then now, Enterprise was for something else, too. Yeah, and well, Inter- Enterprise, well... Enterprise, Enterprise started something. I yeah, know. I forget what the Enterprise, <laughs> Enterprise was doing something. So it's, and the reason they, I think they have us, I, I'm sorry, we're test guinea pigs. Uh, we're going to watch Star Trek because we're Trekkies. Trekkers. Trek nuts. Uh, I will, <laughs> like I said, I'm not going into that political, <laughs> that's a political minefield I do not want to get into. It gives us a chance to do that, and I, I think, um, and this is one thing I, that I do discuss, think Discovery de- delivered on, is that it did its best to try to give us an idea of what the future can hold. Um, yes, we're going to have problems in the future. Yes, we're going to have to face them. But when we come together, when we get together and decide, okay, we're going to put our differences aside for this, and we are going to work and get this thing solved. We will do it. And that's what this program did. And that's what Star Trek, to me, has always been about. Trying to get ourselves to say, okay, yes, we're different, but so what? We've got a problem. Let's get it done. And that, I think, Discovery did That's Discovery did that. Took them 13 episodes to do it. <laughs> What, what did you guys think of the uh, the Voke slash Tyler storyline that because this is one of the things that happened uh, in the series that fans were talking about and fans figured out I guess CBS and the writers didn't think that people were going to be able to figure out but Voke was one of the Klingons from the first couple episodes he was the albino yeah he was the albino one and uh we find out later on when they introduce another character on, on Discovery of uh, Ash Tyler, and we find out later on in the series that Ash Tyler was actually Volk, and he had been genetically. They were they were genetically they were very, really changed. Yeah, they were very loose on what actually happened to him, whether it was whose physical body he was in. But anyway, Volk was Tyler, but his mind had been kind of shrouded. He didn't even know that he was Volk until later, and it was kind of a Manchurian Candidate kind of thing. Um, well, I, I think it's um, – we're still – I think a lot of people are still trying to figure out how well the internet does for things. And I think this is one time where Paramount or the writers did not think that uh, the information on the internet would go that fast, not knowing how well um, Star Trek fans uh, will uh, pick something to death. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the problem with science. Uh, normally, when you have a science program, you're going to get scientists and engineers who uh, 
by definite by our definition, I'm an engineer by trade per se. Uh, my degree is in applied mathematics, so I am an engineer. Um, we're going to pick something to death until we figure out how it works and why it works and all that type of thing. So you can't put a program out there and uh, give us a trail of breadcrumbs without us leading, following that trail of breadcrumbs to where it leads. Yeah. Um, and yes, uh, the um, Vogue uh, Tyler thing came out before Paramount really wanted to come out. And, uh, and the fact that Lorca was from the Mirror Universe the whole time. Yeah. We figured that one, that part out too. <laughs> I didn't follow. I didn't catch that. I I didn't figure it out as quickly as I did the the Tyler thing. Yeah, the but Tyler thing was, but by the time they got about halfway through their their mirror universe arc, I kind of figured that he was going to. Yeah, I'm trying, I, think, I, I think it's like the second episode that I figured. Okay, he's he's mirror universe. Yeah. Uh, and but um, but like I said, it's uh, these things are discussed and gone over by every track. You know. Uh, in my group alone, there were probably three or four of us watching it, and we were uh, texting and Facebooking and uh, checking every every detail out. Um, my first officer was on top of the Tyler thing uh, almost from the get-go, um, and I, I, it shows what people had an interest in and trying to see, okay, where's, where is Paramount going with this? And I think uh, it showed Paramount that, yeah, we, they do have something viable and they're working on it. Um, but I think also, I think they are, I think they are hearing us mm -hmm. and realizing that, okay, uh, because they are, you know, when these people, when these writers go to conventions and stuff, they are talking about continuity and they are admitting occasionally, okay, we missed this one. Um, the biggest continuity error that ever was uh, released, not in Discovery, but was in First Contact. Um, I remember back then uh, when the writers were making First Contact, uh, they were going to make uh, Cochran a female. <laughs> and they were like, and they were at this case, and uh, the conventioneers were going like, well, you can't do that, he's male. And they says, where does it show his males? So they trotted the writers over to, you know, wherever the video room was and he sat was in him, the episode of TV. And then showed them in the episodes. And they're going like, oh, he's male. Now what do we <laughs> So that's why we get that female love interest of Picard, because that was really supposed to be Cochrane. But they had to change it because, oh shoot, uh, this ain't gonna fly because the fans are gonna crucify us yep. if we don't make uh Cochrane. Was, is that the... Alfred Woodard played uh, Lily. Was Cromwell. Lily. Oh, oh, Alfred Yeah, Woodard. Cromwell played... Okay, Cochran, Alfred Woodard. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Which she did a good job, uh, uh, especially her line is like, you broke your little spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, type of thing. But um, but that, that, again, I think partly it's on us. Uh, we have got to be careful about what we hold on to as dear. Um... I think we get ourselves into, like I said, Star Trek is 52 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to think what was happening in the 60s. What we, you know, this thing I healed right, right here, this has a thousand times the power of what we landed the lunar module on the moon. <laughs> the lunar module had uh, 16K to land and actually ran out of memory 
and had to crash. And of course, it was a controlled crash, so, but they just, they were about this far, and they just, <laughs> so, but they ran on the memory, and they, they like, were, it almost, we did not land on the moon because of that. But now, this thing, uh, my wife gets on me when I call this thing a computer, but my gosh, you know, yeah, uh, this thing has me. And look where we've gone. In a sense, Star Trek wasn't even thinking about this. Uh, Star Trek, if you work at the original series, they're talking about a core mainframe. Computers in 1960s were the size, uh, double size of this room. And that's what they were working with. They never dreamed of micro things and this thing, which is surprising even the next generation. They're still using a micro core, a, a huge core to run the ship. Yeah, true, the ship probably does need kilowatts of data to run a big ship like that and uh, transport through the warp or through the warp fields and stuff like that but still you still need a major core and no one can even though they do have they finally get around to pads which gives us the iPad and the, the tablets we now have a day so, right. so um, you get that and that's one thing I think Paramount is looking to discovery is like okay yeah we're going back in history but what can we predict what's coming about? You know, because a lot of the things we have is far beyond what, you know, we had flip phones in the uh, 80s and 90s, which were essentially the communicators that uh, Captain Kirk did. So Next Gen had to come up with something better, so they had comm badges, you know, which of course, you know, even Yahura, you got to consider, Yahura had Bluetooth. Yeah. Because that little <laughs> thing in her ear, that's Bluetooth. So, so what does discovery, you know, are you, you want a program that's going to look like the 60s? No, we don't want that. And it's not going to pull in, your son's like, what did you say, 12? He's 12. He's 12. It's not going to pull him in. Or, I, I'm probably off, but you're probably about 20, maybe 19? 16. 16, okay, see, it's not going to pull her in. Or you're 16, 17? 17. So they're not going to pull these two guys in because, you know, they already got this. So the stuff that's on, uh, that was done in Star Trek is not going to pull in. If we want them to enjoy our fandom, our fandom is going to have to change. And that's what we're going to have to look at Discovery about. What did you, what you guys think? Of, go ahead, you had a question. Yeah, do you think it's going to be stupid? Do you think they'll ever bring you other than the characters from the past one like they did in other shows? I think that season two is at least going to have Pike from who, who was in the original series pilot and I know that they've cast somebody to play number one does she have a name or do they just call her number one uh, she's always has a number one that's yeah. always number one um, I'm reading a series and I can't think of who the author is right now yeah I think they gave her a name and they, the gave, they gave, a, gave her a name but she's always been number one because of who she was right, right. even it, it's it's like her name's Una anyhow so it's, it means one so she's one yeah uh, now we did get uh, in in this season we got Harry Mudd who was in in the original series which I loved uh, what was his name Rain Wilson uh, yeah I want to call him Dwight Schultz <laughs> so, uh, the thing is I, you know I, uh, some of you may know me from Kingdom Comics I, I'm there on Tuesday to bag and board and um, so I have to wait around for the comic books to come in on Tuesday. So uh, I put, I had CBS All Access and I put it on the TV there. And 
I was running through it and ended up starting and wasn't even realizing I was there. And I started hearing this voice. I'm like going, that's Roger C. Carmel. What's going on? And I assumed what had happened is that I hit the wrong Star Trek. And here it was Star Trek Discovery. Here's Rain Wilson. Yeah. And he is, you know. He did a great job. He yeah. made him, He was a little more savage than I remember the original Mud being because, especially the, the second time that we see him, which is the, the, the time travel episode that they did. But you, Star you, Trek always has to have a time travel But you can realize we're 10 years before the yeah, one we met. And this he's guy, blasting people. Of course, he knows that they're going to they're reset and it's, all, it's time travel, so he's having fun. Killing Lorca fifty different ways. Yeah, which is <laughs> if you want to see an episode, that's the episode you got to look at because that's the one episode that pretty much can't stand alone on yeah, itself it without knowing about anything else. And it's really uh, I, you can't go wrong with a ground. I call it the groundhog groundhog episode. Uh, you can't go wrong with those. Uh, they they're always yeah. Uh, it's basically cause and effect. Yeah, from the next generation. Cause and effect. Time loop. We're doing the same so, thing over and over. Um, and. It's just that good. And he did a real good job of that. Uh, now, you say, yeah, he has a little bit more of an edge. He is more, um, I think, uh, by the time we see him in Star Trek, some of the uh, stuff has, um, some of the rougher edges have been, he's been he's had his defeats, uh, especially at Lorca's hands, uh, at Michael Burnham's. So he's gotten some of the rough edges knocked off of him and he's realizing okay if I need to do something uh, because when you're a con man you can't ruffle the feathers of your con because they're going to get on to you so you have got to be as slarmy and as uh, conniving as you possibly can be as friendly and all this and by the time we see him in Star Trek he has figured that out and can get away with a lot of stuff by that time and that's why he uh, even though he can't pull one over on Kirk uh, well he did pull one over Kirk and Mud's women Yeah, um, that's why he can pull something over Kirk even on Kirk because he has done that this is, this is you know uh, sorry to flip genres on you but I think that's the same thing we're having a problem uh, in Star Wars people having a problem with Solo uh, they're expecting this cocksure uh driven person and the problem is what we've seen in Solo is the same thing a person who has not gotten to the Harrison Ford this is the same thing with Harry Mudd we have not gotten to that Harry Mudd yet we're, we're in the transition to get to that point what did you guys think of some of the style in uh, Discovery do you like the new ship we talked a little bit about the uniforms uh, do you like the way that they shoot it that they shoot the, the, the show film it anybody Everybody loves them. Um, one thing that I know, I, I did like, I like the ship because it's enough of a throwback to what we've seen before. Mm -hmm. The saucer section spinning when they activate the spore drive. It's, it's kind of goofy to see, but it's also kind of cool at the same time. Yeah. Um, one thing that, I, that I, I didn't like, but I understand why they did it. If you watch, especially the, the pilot and the one that came after that, you see a lot of lens flare. I mean, it's like they're shining flashlights right in the camera sometimes, it seems like. And um, I think they did that because, believe it or not, and like it or not, there are Star Trek fans out there that only know Star Trek from the Kelvin timeline. All they've seen is those three movies, you know. So when they brought a new Star Trek series to television, they did a little bit of stuff that you've seen in those movies before just to make it have this 
a similar feel to bring in some of those younger viewers that only know Star Trek from those three films. So, huh? Jar Jar Abrams. Yeah, we got to blame that on Jar Jar Abrams. Uh, And I I can't believe it. Someone did finally get um, Mr. Abrams to admit that he did use too many lens flares in Star Trek. I couldn't believe it unless I'm thinking that person has something on on, um, Abrams. I I, I wish that they – I do like that. I mean, they used it in the the first two episodes. You don't see it a whole lot from then on. But uh, so they just did it in those two episodes to kind of bring in the – bring in the crowd but um if you got anything i I got a couple prizes i'm going to give away if you have anything else Um, i've got nothing else uh like i said um i'm part of the us festus uh if you like discussions on star trek and sci-fi movies um i run a discussion panel the second and fourth thursday of every month at kingdom comics uh be glad to help glad to have you there uh discuss it um we are discussing i believe the orville uh the second uh, Thursday of this month, which would be this coming Thursday. So we'll be talking about the Orville if you want to discuss that um, with us. Uh, free snacks and drinks. Uh, I always bring uh, pop and I always have snacks, so uh, you don't have to provide your own snacks. So uh, it's at 7 o'clock at Kingdom Comics, and um, uh, love to have you. Uh, you do not have to be a member of Starfleet to be a member of the Festus. Show up, you're considered a member of the Festus. Uh, the only thing is, uh, if you want to uh, uh, become, become, uh, take the captain position from me, uh, you have to become a member of Starfleet. That's the only thing. Uh, yeah, the, mem- the person who runs the ship has to be a member of Starfleet. Um, other than that, we'd love to have anybody who comes. Uh, and we have a social. Uh, we should have a social tomorrow, but because of this convention, we have moved it to next Saturday. So uh, you'd be welcome at that. And I've got uh, a, a few podcasts that I do. I'm on uh, Cosmic Potato and the Prime Direct. The Prime Direction. Uh, I interview someone every month um, about their fandom. You know, their, their Star Trek fandom. And I'm always looking for guests because I, I I want just regular people. You know, I've had a couple of celebrities, and but for the most part, I just want regular people who are fans of Star Trek to just talk about their fandom. I've got some cards here. Uh, if you want to pick one up, it's got my website. It's CosmicPotato.com, and um, I also do the Simply Syndicated Discovery After Show, that's on simplysyndicated.com. And like I said, we do a new episode after every new episode of uh, Discovery. But did everybody get a blue ticket when you came in? Okay. Um, I'm going to give away a few door prizes. i got three or four prizes here. So. I've got the other half, and I'm just going to draw it. And if I call your number out, then you'll get a prize. So this is... Five three nine three seven zero three. It may have been the two that just left. Okay. Now, now watch. I pull out another one, and it'll be the other one. Five nine, five three nine three seven zero two. That's you. Okay. Let me see. How about a? Star Wars scarf. Oh, sure. There you go. <laughs> sure, sure. Thank you. Uh, do a couple more. Five three nine three seven zero five. Who's got that one? You got that one? Let's see. I don't know. 
Like your pants. How about a BB-8 Pez dispenser? Oh, all right. <laughs> I just want to say you look remarkably like my brother-in-law. I need to take a picture of you. Judging my sister. 5393707. Oh, that's me. All right. So I was like, I don't want to this guy. I got something special for you. Son of Zorn. Oh, Pop sweet. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right, I'll do one more. Uh, 5393710. Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them? Sure. There you go. Awesome. Okay. Oh, <laughs> wow, nice. All right. Um, I do have cards that gives you information uh, how to get a hold of my ship, so uh, feel free to game. Also, I have cards that give you our schedule for the next, up to the, uh, the Hoover Fi- Sci-Fi Con. I will be at the Hoover Sci-Fi Con running four panels. So I'll be there, too. Yeah. Star Wars versus Star Trek. Uh, five panels. I, keep re- I, I don't... That I consider Joe Crow's panel, but I uh, I'm on that one too. Yeah. So I'm on. Oh yeah, I do. The Hoover Library. Yeah. The Hoover Library. Library. Yeah. And I'll be there too. Um, I do want to plug a couple of panels that I'm doing this weekend. I'm doing um actually this afternoon at four, which is a game show. It's a trivia game, uh, sci-fi questions and stuff like that. So come to that tomorrow afternoon. I'm doing uh, Sci-Fi Jeopardy, which is another game show. And on Sunday, Joe Crow and I are going to be hosting. Uh, the Mystery Science Theater 3000 version of a Star, the Star Wars Holiday Special. So if you if you've never seen the Star Wars Holiday Special, yes. it's terrible. The only way that you are going to be able to get through it is to have somebody making fun of it while you watch it. You, know, so. you watched it. You watch it again. You remember why you haven't watched it. <laughs> right. it it's bad. Jeopardy tomorrow is it? Or three, I think it's at three. It's at three, and it's going to be downstairs in the uh, in the co- the corner room. Yeah, the pa- panel room two downstairs. Where's your um panel going to be? Um actually is going to be in panel room two downstairs today okay. at uh, four. All right. Anybody want a card? Need a card? Good job, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for Simply Syndicated's Discovery After Show. Your feedback is welcome. Leave us a comment and review on iTunes, or follow us on Facebook. The views and opinions stated on this program are those of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of Simply Syndicated, CBS, Paramount Pictures, or their sponsors. Star Trek Discovery is owned by CBS and has no affiliation with Simply Syndicated or this podcast. No infringement of copyrighted material is intended. Be sure to join us again next week as we analyze another episode of Star Trek Discovery here on Simply Syndicated's Discovery After Show.